and when we looked at those houses and go, okay, cool, all these all these very similar houses are under contract now for four hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and here we are with this almost identical property that we can pick up for four ten. That's really the most important thing. That's the most important thing. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder and director of Housefinder, Simon Liu. He heads back west, stopping in Port Kennedy. While this latest case study features the typical type of property Lou dives into, including a final sale price $70,000 under its comparables, this one could have easily sold for a lot more than it did. The client in this case study is someone Lou knows very well through their work in the property industry. Knowing his appetite for properties with a strong rental potential, Lou was an easy first choice when he knew he wanted to invest in WA. Thanks to his expertise, Lou was able to back him a diamond deal. He wanted to buy in WA uh, specifically. Uh, he wanted to buy in a very specific area, uh, which was uh, around the sort of Rockingham down to uh, 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 the sort of Manduro kind of stretch. Uh, which consists of, you know, a few dozen different suburbs. But he understood my, my core business, which was all about all my main value add, which is more about, you know, again, buying off-market distressed type properties, houses, um, easy to maintain, uh, and very high yielding properties off the bat. So uh, he's, he's a very experienced investor. He's got quite a few properties himself uh, that he's bought over the years. Uh, some that he's sold already. Uh, he's into investing into a couple of other things like shares and uh, you know businesses and things like that as well. So he's he's a he's a well versed investor. He's not a beginner by any means. Um, and uh, and yeah, off we went searching. You know, we um, we found this property in a in a suburb called Port Kennedy. Uh, only uh, uh, the 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 property itself was a four bedroom brick home. Uh, 422, very standard uh, sort of um, uh, uh, a house that was about uh, 20 odd years old, not super old. Uh, decent land component, above 600 square meters. Um, we paid $410,000 for the property. When we ran the comps, uh, you know, it was probably worth around about the 460, 470, 480 mark. Uh, so it was, it's a solid deal. Yeah, definitely. All boxes ticked. It was what I call like an all rounder. You know, do you know how when you were, I don't know if you were, when you were little, if you used to play computer games, like those racing games where you choose the cars and you get, when you get like a diamond based on the, uh, strengths and weaknesses of the car. <laughs> so if, if you're like, if it's better acceleration, it's worse brake. If it's like better handling, then it's like worse this. And this house is like a perfect diamond, <laughs> right? So you got good acceleration, good braking, good handling. You know, in this case, the house was uh, presentable, nice looking, low maintenance. Uh, it was decent cash flow, below market value, good area, all that kind of stuff. So it's a all rounder. Um, so it's 
So anyway, we paid four ten. It was about I would say about ten twelve percent below market value, something along that uh, something along that those lines. Now, interestingly, and this is a sign of the times in terms of the rental market, uh, and we're we're hearing a lot at the moment about you know rents going up uh, and uh, you know renters struggling to find places to live in uh, in in most capital cities in Australia. Uh, or they're maybe complaining about the uh, the sudden increase in rents, you know. And <laughs> you see these arguments on forums, on uh, media websites, uh, Facebook pages, things like that. The other argument is landlords uh, saying that uh, you know the cost of uh, ownership holding properties is increasing, and also the laws around rentals are changing rapidly. And it's swaying very much towards the tenant side. Cool. So in terms of rights and in terms of what you can and can't do, uh, uh, is 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 now very very pro tenant. Which personally, as a landlord, I actually think is is the right thing. I think so too. And it, it has been, I think, going on for like that for a while. Because you know, I'm also a tenant as well, and I'm pro for that as well because there's benefits for that. And it makes it a lot easier as well too for us landlords because then we're putting, well, not putting, but giving the onus back to the tenants to make sure they're doing the right thing as well for us. Yeah, I, I just look at the situation and go, who's more vulnerable? For me, by obviously there's you know a million different circumstances, both on the landlord side and the tenant side. But as a whole, as a tenant, you're probably a lot more vulnerable than the landlord if things change at the drop of a hat. So, I think it's right that land tenants are should be more protected, but the changes that are coming in are starting to become, um, at the very least, a lot more controversial uh, in terms of how or if you can even ev- evict a tenant, uh, even if the tenant's not doing the right thing in terms of maybe not paying rent or not da- maybe even damaging the property and things like that. So, starting to get that to to a point where where uh, you know, in some cases, I feel like it's starting to become a little bit unfair for landlords as well. But irrespective of that, the the main crux of the situation is that rents are going up. And we're, you know, everyone's asking, oh, why is rent going up? Because I think for a very long time in a lot of capital cities, Sydney, Melbourne, where Brisbane, where house prices have gone up exponentially, Rents have remained relatively stagnant. You know, you, you get like the odd increase here and there and all that kind of stuff, you know, in line with inflation. Um, but there hasn't been much change in, in rents by and large, right? There's obviously many examples that there are. But in the, in the cases where it's causing the most uproar, it's been pretty stagnant for a while. So naturally, rents are now starting to catch up uh, as with any boom cycle, when property prices go up in value, rents tend to follow eventually. And especially in the case of what's happening today with things like inflation, with things like interest rate increases, uh, land tax changes uh, in certain states, um, cost of building, cost of building materials, cost of tradespeople. The ownership of these properties are, uh, as landlords are increasing as well. You know, um, And it's not definitely not a case of just passing on that cost onto a tenant but that's one cause 
you know, the increased cost of ownership is one cause as to why rents are rising. The other causes are things like uh, purely supply and demand. You know, there's, there's literally very little stuff on the market for rent and there's a lot of people looking for property properties. Now, <clears throat> the, in this particular scenario, when we ran the comparables, looking at Port Kennedy, when we bought this house at the time, which settled about two months ago, um, it would rent, we, we anticipated the rent to be about four, $410 a week. Okay, so buy for $410 purchase, rent for $410 a week, that's a pretty standard scenario. <laughs> and when we ran these, uh, when we came to the 410 number, we're actually looking at direct comparables that's online at the moment in Port Kennedy. Granted, there were very few. You know, Port Kennedy um, vacancy rate is like half a percent at the moment. It's extremely, extremely low. So um, the property settles, everything goes smoothly. And the property manager advertised the property for rent and there was a massive, massive influx of applicants. Good applicants, not just really crappy people that couldn't find um, a place to live in, but just very solid, solid uh, applicants. And the property ended up in just one week renting for 480 a week. It's almost like a 20% increase. For 410 to 480, just off the back of purely the fact that there's no properties out there or very few properties out there for rent and there's just this pure demand of people wanting a house to live in is the reason why this property ended up renting for that kind of money. It wasn't even, I mean, as a landlord, <clears throat> you know, we look at these properties like a business, obviously. Property investing is a business. And it's not about necessarily purposely charging less rent to be a good Samaritan. It's, it's, it's kind of being fair to yourself as a landlord as well, because clearly the demand is there. The market rent is what it is, right? At $480 a week, um, that's the benchmark. And if the landlord went off and go, you know what, I don't want 480 a week, I want 520 a week. I'm gonna take advantage of this situation. Then that would be a problem. That would be completely unfair to the tenant side if they somehow just took advantage of that level of demand and said, yep, you can rent it, but you're going to have to pay 520 And he probably would have got it, you know, for that for a desperate family that was really super keen to, to get into this house. Um, but, you know, he kind of just let the situation happen by itself and it ended up renting for 80 Now, conversely, if he started out saying, okay, 410 it would be unfair to the landlord for him to accept that as the market rent as well, because that's clearly undervaluing what it's actually worth. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it is a bit of an issue uh, uh, socioeconomically, the fact that rents are rising, but it's not, it's not extraordinary in the sense that it's, it's, it's pretty in line to what's happened in the past, you know, like when these property values go up in value, rents tend to follow <clears throat> when there's inflation or when the economy's changing, rents tend to go up as well. Uh, so I think it's just a natural part of the cycle. But I think in this time round, we hear about it a lot more because obviously social media and everything is a lot more prevalent <laughs> compared to 10, 15, 20 years ago even uh, when you know the last sort of rental boom started in a lot of these, um, these, these major cities. 
Coming up after the break, we dive into the myths surrounding landlords and aim to uncover the truth. I think there's a notion as well that landlords make a lot of money, you know, by owning a lot of these investments. And while that might be true for some landlords, it's actually not true for a lot of landlords. He reveals the true cost of peace of mind. For this client, he didn't really care. Uh, he was in a very good, well-paying business. He's got other investments elsewhere. So He shares the element of contracts in Western Australia that nearly ended everything for his buy before it began. So, during the entire tail end of the settlement period, which was about 20, 30 days, agent kept calling me, calling me up and saying, is your buyer still keen to go ahead? And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote Property Investory. When it comes to renting a home, it turns out that this process has more in common with buying a soft drink than you may have thought. A lot of the properties we buy um, being off market actually come with tenants, right? They come with very long term, very good tenants in, in, in most cases. And they're still paying quite low rent, you know, from maybe three or four years ago from when they first signed up. And, you know, maybe the landlord hasn't had the heart to increase the rent. But obviously with a new new landlord coming in, they just look at what it's worth and they increase it. And some of these increases are, you know, 30, 40% from what they were paying. Uh, and it was, it's not like a cash grab again, but it's kind of like, okay, you were paying so low rent previously. It's completely not... Um, feasible to keep charging in the same rate right now not even feasible but it's just not it's just not normal currently right it's like back when i was uh in high school you know to buy a, a can of coke was like a dollar <laughs> right now you go to woolies or something it's like three dollars something so to expect you know to buy a can of coke for a dollar again is is not not realistic so um so yeah, unfortunately, this is just the the the, the natural part of the cycle, and um, and yeah, you you know, as a landlord, you don't want to you don't want to kind of <coughs> shoot yourself in the foot with lower rents, but you also need to be fair as well. There is a level of um, of of not being super greedy either. And it's very good points that you raised there, and I, I totally agree with you. Is that whenever the property prices go up, there will be a time where the market adjusts, especially when we saw during COVID. We were also considering looking to move, but when we saw how much the rental had increased across Sydney, I mean, it went up like almost 20%. You know, average housing around four bedrooms, stuff like Anaya was about $600 a week. I mean, now they're renting out for $750 a week. It's it's substantial increase. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and that's also because the fact is, is that when you look at the values of the property price have gone up 20%, 30% in some areas, it has to actually move in, in, in proportion. But what concerns me the most, and, and since we're talking about this, is wages haven't moved very much at all. And, and that's where the biggest concern is, is 
the cost of living has gone up so much. Like how can people can afford to pay rental when they've gone up 20, 30% when wages have only maybe increased with CPI at most maybe 1% or 2%. How can people afford to do that? And that's the reason why there's been such a, a tight crunch between that and, and, and hence, you know, businesses like small businesses like us have gone out to find opportunities to make more money because there's no way that we can live on an average income to be able to support ourselves like this. I completely agree. Like it's tough for a lot of people out there at the moment, including landlords. You know, like I think there's a notion as well that landlords make a lot of money, you know, by owning a lot of these investments. And while that might be true for some landlords, it's actually not true for a lot of landlords. In fact, if for a lot of landlords that bought um, regular investment properties in the last two years, they might be actually in a position where they're taking a pretty big loss every week or even to the value of the property. So, um, you know, I, look, I, I don't think there's any easy answer to, to affordability, especially in this day and age with everything that's been happening with, you know, COVID, which started off the entire sort of economic, uh, I, I want to use the word meltdown, acceleration meltdown whatever you want to call it globally um but it's it's definitely a problem that we need to face and i guess one of my concerns is uh a lot of the reforms and a lot of these policies that's coming in is is a is a a band-aid solution i don't think it's really sort of nipping affordability in the buds completely um what governments i think are trying to do are adding more policies to try and make a situation better temporarily, whereas they should actually be removing some of the perhaps tax benefits that landlords are getting on negative gig properties or something like that. But it takes that takes a lot of ball, like a lot of guts <laughs> to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> that very few politicians would actually want to do that because they're they're invested themselves, to be honest. But um yeah, coming back to, to, to rents, like across the board, it's it's happening mostly in the affordable rental market. So the four, five, six hundred, seven hundred dollar a week, up to a thousand dollars a week in, in, in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, because the demand is just huge. You know, it, it, that's bang on in the middle of if you're earning 70k, 80k a year um, times two, so as a couple. You can, it's, a, it's affordable, you know, it's, it's something that you can get into. So if you've got like a bunch of people looking at uh, uh, wanting to rent these properties, it's just going to keep pushing it up and up and up and up. So that's, that's, uh, that's um, a bit of an issue at the moment, you know, especially for, for these capital cities. Just coming back to, I guess, this Port Kennedy property that you purchased for the client there as well. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, how, that, how you found that particular one because as we've been discussing in most recent episodes, you're starting to move across more into WA at the moment because there's opportunities. It's, it's still um, early part of the market at this point in time. How did that one, um, I guess, come across your, your desk and, and what were some of the criteria that you assessed it based on that because we're talking about rent but also the pricing as well? So this particular client wanted something pretty easy. You know, even though he was a seasoned investor, he just wanted something that just didn't require any efforts or any headaches. So we get a lot of off-market deals from agents. We get a lot of um, uh, uh, properties of all different kinds in all different areas. Some, actually most don't make the cut, but the ones that do tend to be the ones that uh, the numbers dictate the deal to be good, right? And to be completely honest with you, in this market, there's no excuse to not be buying bargains. 
Like there's so many out there right now. It's, you know, it's the difference between today versus just three months ago has been night and day in terms of the rhetoric that we're getting from selling agents. You know, we're getting all these calls from agents we haven't heard from for years going, hey, Simon, I've got this house. Have you got this, you know, they're willing to sell for this price. So it's a buyer's world. It's starting to become that way again, you know, and buyer's market. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, like, you know, for, for the people that are still paying market value, like it's, it's an incredibly risky thing to be doing right now. <clears throat> Interest rates going up, inflation, all this kind of stuff. Um, a lot of markets are starting to, especially at the upper end, more expensive end of the market, it's starting to, it's like, you know, there's this, uh, signs of cracking and stuff like that. So the biggest and most important thing about this deal, and as with all the other deals, is we just look at how much we can pay for it. You know, and when we ran the comparables, yes, there, you know, these exact same houses were currently selling, not three months ago, currently selling for about 480K, right? Uh, and these are properties that aren't even settled yet. So they maybe were, maybe were, they were under contract like, you know, a week ago or something like that. Um, and when we looked at those houses and go, okay, cool, all these, all these very similar houses are, 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 are under contract now for $480,000. And here we are with this almost identical property that we can pick up for 410. That's really the most important thing. That's the most important thing. And because this particular investor wasn't really too caught up in the rental yield, you know, the cash flow. A lot of my clients are, are, are really big on the whole cash flow component because, uh, you know, affordability is very important to them. Uh, maybe they're in, uh, uh, you know, like a, just average income type jobs where they can't afford necessarily to have properties costing the money every week and all that kind of stuff. And also with interest rates going up, they want a bit of a buffer to cater for that as well. But for this client, he didn't really care. Uh, he was in a very good, well-paying business. He's got other uh, um, uh, investments elsewhere. So he just wanted peace of mind. That's all he wanted. So we, he was happy with the, four, <clears throat> the 410 per week that we anticipated. You know, cash flow wasn't a huge consideration, even though it's still pretty decent yield. It's not like stellar. So, you know, it was actually a surprise for him and me that it actually ended up renting for 480. Uh, so that was kind of just like a bonus. Other things that we looked at, proximity to the beach. You know, if you know Port Kennedy quite well, most of it is quite close to the beach. So this house was only a few streets literally away from the beach. Um, <clears throat> the fact that it's a, it wasn't nudist beach didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> if you look at Port Kennedy, uh, there's a beach that's actually a nudist beach. Um, but... It's, it's sand and waves. That's all we care about. <laughs> no one looks at that, those particulars at this point. It's just only when you arrive. <laughs> sand, waves, ocean, wind. That's, that's, that's the appeal. Um, and um, yeah, the house itself, just very easy, you know, no maintenance at all. Um, uh, actually, I remember when we closed the deal, because in WA, typically there's quite a long settlement period. You know, settlements happen after you get finance approval. The settlement that's when the settlement period starts, right? So it was like a, I think it was like a 40, uh, no, not a 40, it was like a, a 60 day settlement period. And during the 60 days, um, the t agent advertised the property online. It's a very common thing we see, even though we buy these properties off market, the agents would chuck it online 
for two reasons. Number one, to get their name out there and hopefully get more people inquiring about selling houses. And number two, to collect backup buyers, right? In case your one falls through. So during the entire tail end of the settlement period, which was about 20, 30 days, agent kept calling me, <coughs> calling me up and saying, is your buyer still keen to go ahead? We've got all these other buyers. They're willing to pay a lot more money for this house. Music to my ears. <laughs> because, you know, I obviously double checked that the buyer, my client, is still is still uh, good to go ahead financially, all that kind of stuff. And if he is, great. You know, that's a really good sign that we got a good deal. When there's all these suddenly all these buyers coming, other buyers coming out of the woodwork wanting to pay more money for it. So, so that that was a criteria. Can I just ask though, in in other states, most of the time, once you've exchanged, you're pretty much locked in, and and if you forfeit that, you lose your deposit. Isn't that the case in WA, or is that different? It's completely the same, but I think uh, there is an element where, you know, uh, 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 buyers can't uh, settle on time. Uh, buyers can't, or maybe the bank stuffs up their loan documents, and they can't. They need like an extension. Uh, in some very rare cases, if the seller has the opportunity to not grant an extension or settlement, uh, they might get out of it. You know, so it's really important to build these uh, conditions at the start of the contract when you sign it. Give yourself plenty of room, plenty of buffer, because if you buy a property cheap enough, and during the settlement period or during the buying period, the seller realizes that they got, they could have got more money for it. They're gonna do everything they can to get out of that contract. And you might say, oh, you know, if they get out of the contract, you're gonna lose your deposit. For the seller, they might even return your deposit in full. It's not their obligation. They might just say, you know what, don't worry about it. Here's your deposit. I'm gonna go with this buyer who's willing to pay 50K more, right? So it's, um, you know, and sometimes uh, the, uh, se uh, the seller gets cold feet during the finance condition period right so a lot of times uh as buyers they need to uh extend the finance condition if the bank hasn't given them the full formal approval for whatever reason for delays or whatever which is quite common nowadays and a lot of times the seller won't allow that to happen because in their mind that's another way for them to maybe get out of the, of the contract this actually happened with this deal um, we came to the end of the uh, finance condition period and the buyer wasn't actually 100% ready to go unconditional on the finance condition because he hadn't gotten formal approval yet. <coughs> but luckily, his finance position was extremely good, right? And the thing that was causing that delay in getting finance approval was literally, you know, you're in a queue when you're when you're getting a loan from a bank and um he just wasn't it, the bank was just delayed typical in this environment all the banks and all the lending is very very slow at this point in time unfortunately so he decided to just simply waive it anyway because he knew that it was a good deal he knew there were other people wanting to pay more money for it so he decided to take a, a relatively small risk that i'm going to go unconditional on the finance and uh within literally a few days it was going to come through anyway Lo and behold, it did. So, uh, yeah, he proceeded with the deal. Excellent, excellent. So sometimes you just, I guess, 
you know, given you have to look at your situation, your risk, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes if a deal is worth it, you just got to do what it takes. You know, if it was any other normal house where he could have just walked away uh, because he could have bought any other house in Port Kennedy for market value, um, he wouldn't have wouldn't have had that uh, pressure or urgency to ensure that deals that this deal goes ahead. Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415 626 342 and quote, property investory.